What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Putts, Birdies, and Jackets podcast. I know my co-host and our, our exciting guests tonight are going to love that little change up instead of punts, punts, and jams, but I, I just really want to throw that in today. So we're going to talk a little golf today. We would be talking baseball, but you know what? We did that the last episode, and just to be frank, they missed their shot. They should have already been started last Thursday, but we're going to talk about Masters Week this week. We're going to get the boys on all their predictions. We're going to go through several different, you know, people who should be playing very well, folks who are probably not going to play very well. And then we're going to get in some rapid-fire questions as always. But with that said, I'm going to start bringing everybody in. So first, I want to introduce my co-host, Cody Kurt. What up? What's up, buddy? Hope you've been doing well since yeah. our last podcast. It wasn't that long back, but uh, it's been an interesting couple weeks for us. It has. Uh, there, there's going to be a, a new Kirk uh, joining the world in about seven months. So give it up for Cody. Give it up. <laughs> Congratulations, man. It's huge news. I know everybody out there that knows you and, and talks to you on a daily basis, they're excited just as much as, as I am. And it's a, it's a big deal. Number three. So I'm proud for you and proud of you guys. And we look forward to seeing that little, that little buddy coming up. I appreciate uh, it. Yeah. So next up, we've got our first guest. It is one of the Lloyd brothers. It's David, Jim Harbaugh fan, like no other. Hey, long-time listener, third-time caller. <laughs> yeah, and that's a great point, David. This is the uh, third annual Masters podcast episode for us. Hey, hey, David, hang the banner. You are officially the longest-running guest we've had. You are. You I'm are. excited to be here. Print the shirts. Tied on the banner, though, because he's tied officially with his brother, Gary, who is a local hero and part-time author. <laughs> What's up, Louis? <laughs> How are y'all doing? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to Kirk number three, Tiger Justin Kirk. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. I actually had somebody uh, text me today, and they said, is that – Tyler for what? And I said, absolutely it is. <laughs> There's nothing about it that's what that's for. And they said, I was sure you were going to go with Minka. <laughs> mm, that would have been a good one. <laughs> Minka, yes. that's a lot of buzz. So, guys, before we get started with this golf podcast, I need to throw out a little shout-out. You know, it is our sponsor. And so, for the Masters, everybody that's out there listening, maybe think about downloading the Underdog Fantasy Sports app and use the code PBJ. That'll get you a 100% match on your deposit, play against your friends or complete strange, strangers in leagues or pick'ems for your chance at cold, hard cash. Once again, use the Underdog Fantasy Sports app and use code PBJ to get that 100% deposit match. And it has to be a minimum of $10 in that first deposit. So with that said, let's jump straight into what we're here for and that is some golf. And the first thing I want to talk to you guys about and bring up for you to discuss is we saw somebody this week who maybe not a lot of people, including myself, thought would even be here, but that is Tiger Woods. He was out there doing some practice, and he's going to be in the tournament from what I understand. You guys tell me if I'm wrong. Oh, he's there, and he's going to be Tiger and sir. Good. Wait, who? Who? <laughs> Some guy that won the 2019 Masters. People tend to forget that. Yeah, they do. Tiger Woods in this economy? 
So how do you think – how do you guys think he's going to do? I mean, honestly, this this is his obviously the first major since being back after his crash. But, you know, just golf in general, how's he going to do with this thing? I've got him making the cut but having kind of a middle-of-the-road uh, weekend. Not near the top but might make some noise on the back nine on Sunday. But you know how that works with Augusta. Right. I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. Like, I see the the other players that have seen him this week talking about how well he's hitting the ball and, you know, that his swing is, you know, as good as ever and, and that kind of thing. But I, I still wonder if he's if he's physically just walking that course. You know, guys, I've, I've been there twice, I guess. But right. it's, hill, it's hillier than you think. Uh, and, I mean, he is Tiger Woods. I mean, but – I, I don't know. I, I feel like I could see him, like David just said, I feel like I could see him in contention on the back nine on Sunday. I feel like I could see him shooting 75-75 and bowing out after Friday. So, I I, I don't know. I, I think that's what's so much fun about Tiger Woods is he's, you know, he's going to move the needle and you never know what's going to happen, especially in the last few years when he's had so many struggles off the course. Well, here's my thing is I always go back to he's never played a tournament that he didn't think he could win. So if he didn't think that he could win this, he would still be in Jupiter. Mm-hmm. It's on that plane if he thinks there's any chance that, you know, he's going to go out there and shoot 75-75. And there might be one other person on the planet that knows this as well as he does, and he's not even playing this year. So, um, I, I just don't think that – I think Tiger could re- realistically, if he just birdies the lives and does crooked numbers on – uh, and, and like I said earlier, just I always love the fact that he's not – tournament unless he knows that he's there to win it so that that's where i'm at uh that's tiger homer 101 but it is what it is i I, i'm probably not gonna pick him but would i be shocked if he won the probably not either Hmm. so three different really you know kind of different opinions there i mean i think honestly just from somebody who is looking from the outside in really i mean i think that Maybe this is a a big ask for him to come back, but I mean at the same time he knows that course like crazy. I mean he's just this is just one of those stages that he just thrives for. So if he's going to come back, this is the perfect opportunity for it. So I'm excited to see what he can do. I, I, like I said earlier, I, I didn't, honestly didn't even know he was going to be playing. Uh, I thought he was still rehabbing pretty heavily, and I didn't expect him to be even at Augusta, much less playing. So. Well- he was uh, he went through a complete like pre routine before this week happened like he walked uh, he played 18 holes four times he got up at 3:30 did all of his stretching did all of his workouts his you know five things of each club or whatever the case may be and he acted like this week was last week so uh, I think that was the telltale sign for him to get on that plane Saturday and uh, it put the Lloyd brothers out. Yeah. 
I think right. Cody, I think Cody's been tracking tracking Tiger's flights the last week or so. Uh, yeah. That has happened. <laughs> Good. So moving on from Tiger, and we're gonna get actually into more in depth as far as our picks and a little more. You know, maybe some guys that you don't know, including a sleeper pick. So I want to get your guys' take on who is somebody that you know not necessarily has to win this thing, and but really has to have a good showing. Maybe somebody who not a lot of people know about and comes up and is you know in the top five going into Sunday has a shot and kind of gives the people who are really rooting on the underdog somebody to pull for. Who is that person? And honestly, any of you three want to jump in, just go ahead and do it. Let's hear who it is. Cody, go for it. I don't want to go first. (laughs) David, Gary, and myself. But we can go Cody, David. So I I was going to say Abraham answer is who I was kind of going to throw out there. Okay. As my pick. He's kind of got some – some dog in him and uh he kind of took it on the chin and match play with tiger before but he's throwing out there and here uh my wills valatoris pick won us the whole thing clay dodd so i did yeah (laughs) it sure did that was contentious amongst the group text later on but (laughs) and this year i'm going with uh abraham lincoln I got you. I like it. Gary? I'm going to go with the Canadian, Corey Connors. He's only played in two Masters, but he's gone 2020. He tied for 10th. Last year, he tied for 8th. He's a great iron player. And, I mean, as we know, uh, that approach shot, second shots at Augusta, I mean, that's what wins at Augusta. And – on tour the last four years, the only player better in strokes gained ball striking, off, which is a stat about off the tee plus approach shots, is Dustin Johnson. That's the only player better than Corey Connors the last four years. Dude is a greens and regulation master. Now, the reason I call him a sleeper pick is this year he's been up and down a little bit. Uh, 12 events, three missed cuts, but five top 25s so he's he's got not a lot of experience at Augusta he's been awesome at Augusta but this year he's a little up and down so I'm going with Corey Connors Corey Connors okay David yeah for my sleeper pick I'm going completely off the rails and I have no stats to back this up but I'm going with Russell Henley that's a good pick Probably he was the uh, 54-hole leader at last year's U.S. Open. Hasn't played Augusta in a couple of years, but dude's a human ATM machine. And his iron play is good enough to keep up. I mean, he's going to make the cut and make a top 20. Not a pick to win, but he'll be, that, he'll be there on the front page of the leaderboard. I love how myself, we're just like gut pick. Gary always brings the noise, man. He's got stats. He's got all these things. I mean, <laughs> and they names. We're like, that's who we're going with. Gary's so, always. <laughs> so for the folks out there listening, and as Gary uh, tagged me in as being a degenerate today, 
one of you out there listening, you could get a 45 to 1, a 55 to 1, and a 70 to 1 if you pick any of these guys that they just mentioned to win this thing outright. Who's the 70 to 1, Clay? Abraham Answer. Oh, wow. I thought he would have the best odds out of those three. Yeah. Yeah. He is plus 7,000. So if you, uh, if he puts a little money on him, he he's going to get it taken care of for you. Now, now that's great value, and I don't know if if Cody's going to have a stat coming at us later that we texted about earlier, but there there's a stat there that that might make you uh, want to get in on that value. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it because I, as you Wait. guys know, I like to dabble in the old uh, the chance here. So <laughs> we'll see we'll see what happens, and 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 for those of you out there who don't want to uh, technically bet on it. Maybe you go do the underdog fantasy app and just play it straight up on DFS. Just throw that out there for everybody. There you go. So uh, next up, we're going to get this one I'm really looking forward to because, you know, taking these guys and, and, and talking about the, you know, the feel-good stories as far as we don't know who this is. They're going to win the thing. Or maybe somebody's on fire. Maybe somebody's Dustin Johnson and they just come in and just dominate the thing. That's fine. But this next topic we're going to talk about may get ruffle a little feathers, may get some people out there who may have a favorite golfer, and we're about to talk about how overrated they are. So, guys, I want to hear who your most overrated player going into this weekend is, and let's let's mix it up a little bit. Gary, let's let you start first on this one. My most overrated player this week is Patrick Cantlay. Um, I mean, he's the, I think he's the fifth ranked golfer in the world right now. So, uh, that would be the definition of overrated if he missed the cut, but he was cut in 2018. He missed the cut last year. Now the two years in between 2019, he, I mean, he had a top 10 finish 2020 when they played it in November, he was a top 20, but this season he's only played seven events and he's had five top tens. So he's trending in a really good direction, but uh, he was cut at the Players' Championship. That's probably the biggest tournament he's played to date in 2022. Uh, or uh, Yeah, cut at Players. He's had a tie for 26, a tie for 33rd recently. I, I think maybe his chances uh, might be diminishing a little bit at Augusta. Uh just a, a lot of crop of players, uh, just so many guys that could win this thing. I think Patrick Cantlay is a guy that, that might be a little bit overrated this week. Gotcha. Okay. I like that a lot. So next up, well, let's go to uh, let's go to David. I've got some prices for you guys on these, these folks as well when we get to the end on not making the cut. So it's pretty interesting to see what we can get there. So, David, who you got? Uh, this is gonna ruffle some feathers inside this call. My uh, overrated player for the for the week is Rory McIlroy. <laughs> I don't like this. He hadn't been able to shake off 2011. He hadn't been playing good this year. He's got a double cross with a driver. He's wiping all of his arms to the right. But it, you know his his wedges and his putting have been like they usually are, which is also not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> Backdoor top tens are not overrated, David. Uh, man, that'll really get you on a list of winners, those backdoor top tens. <laughs> All right, Cody. If you, if you listen to his press conferences, he just sounds like he's got his mind in other places, which is fine, but it's not, not good for this week. 
But that is that's pretty common with him, right? I mean, he's oh yeah, he has been yeah. somebody who in the past is seems yeah. to have all the the physical attributes of getting it done, but when it comes to the mental side of it, he seems to be out of the out of the tournament. Well, he I just think can't get out of his own way. Yeah, no. since there's been a, a lot with Rory, but especially since I think he had a child, uh, that that was kind of a turning point. Like he said, golf didn't matter as much there was also when he saw Bryson DeChambeau hitting it so far like that's when he really started changing his swing and I don't think he's been the same ever since correct me if I'm wrong David or Gary or yeah that's about when it started yeah so since since those Instagram videos in 2020 um, our Rory has not been the same but I, I actually text someone earlier about this I was like how could you not pick Cantlay to be in your top 10 or, or something like that but I was <laughs> going to go Cantlay too Gary so I'm not stealing your thunder I had Cantlay on the brain the whole time um, I was thinking you've got to go Cantlay because I saw the man literally he almost hit me with a golf ball last year in Atlanta like it, <laughs> it's two feet from me like so I've seen him up close and personal I know what he can do but I'm just with you. I just feel like he had so much pressure on him to, to do well this year, and he's just not really performed at that killer instinct level. So I'm going Cantlay as well. Don't want so, to be boring. Hey, hey so, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. It is. <laughs> I agree. So that pick, Cody, was not based off of uh, maybe a little bit of revenge or a little little itch there with, with him almost hitting you with that golf ball. It was simply you think he's overrated. No, I, I don't necessarily think he's overrated i just think he's not gonna have a good week at augusta or maybe the fact that you were picking him to miss the cut he kind of seen that coming and, and that's why he tried to hit you with the golf ball correct yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so sorry guys my this pollen is about to kill me but uh r.i.p so Same between <laughs> right between the two players rory McIlroy, and patrick Cantlay, you can actually pick them to miss the cut at three to one both of them. I like I like that. <clears throat> so a little bit of value there. Uh, just to give you one, uh, Tiger Woods is minus one forty to miss the cut. Well, what cowards! And it's going to be hard to win and miss the cut, but I'm sure you can figure <laughs> out the way to. <laughs> I like people, it. people are asking for sure to make the cut. He's minus one twenty. So there you go. Um, so guys. Going along with that, uh, the overrated players, but I really want to get a shock. Somebody who everybody out there talking heads on ESPN or the Golf Channel or whoever has really been, you know, pushing that is going to really make a, a run at this thing and completely just whiffs on it and misses the cut altogether. Who is that shock going to be? Tommy Fleet- go ahead. Tommy Fleetwood, Clay. Tommy Fleetwood. I figured it was Tommy Fleetwood. Um Right now, you can get him to miss the cut at two to one. So, you know, maybe maybe sprinkle a little money on that. So, <laughs> all right. So let's go seriously. Let's get those picks and let's time. Let's start out. I know you don't want to go first, David, but you're going to. Let's see who you got this time. I'm going with last year's winner, Hideki <laughs> Matsuyama. Wow. Okay. He, he's been injured. He hadn't been playing a whole heck of a lot, and I just. I, I don't feel good about it. Okay. I actually don't even see a number on him. That's how rare that would be is Vegas didn't even hang a number on him to miss the cut. 
That should tell you something. That's that would Probably be need for more gambling advice. <clears throat> well, I mean that. What I'm saying <laughs> is that would absolutely be a, a a shock. Is that they didn't even put a number up for that to happen. So, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Cody. Let's see what you got, man. I was gonna go. All of our favorite golfer in the world, Patrick Reed, is not gonna have one of his normal. Uh, out of nowhere, six unders on a Saturday and move. I think I think he's going to be done. I like it. And I think that if that happened, I think that other people would, in fact, like it. So, yes. <laughs> can we get him at 135 right now? Cody, have I told you lately that I love you? <laughs> you, you actually have a lot. But... <laughs> I, that I had Patrick Reed nowhere in my notes, but I'm so glad to hear him in this part of the show. Yes. Yeah, this is a good one. So, uh, Gary, who do you have missing the cut or shocked to miss the cut? Yeah. So, if, if, and I haven't looked at the numbers, the odds like you're looking at, Clay, but if, if Hideki Matsuyama, if he's not even showing up in the numbers as a shock to miss the cut, then this guy, I would imagine, is also not showing up in the numbers, uh, or the odds to miss the cut. I'm going with, Fourth ranked player in the world, Victor Hovland. Victor um, Hovland. Oh, I know wow. that's and now we're talking about a shock, so I'm I'm giving right. you a shock. That's right. But uh I mean he's one of the best obviously <clears throat> I just mentioned it, number four in the world, one of the best players on earth. Uh he's probably not even to his prime yet, but he's still inexperienced at Augusta. I, I can't remember for sure, but I think he I think he was the low am the year Tiger won in 19. He sat there in Butler cabin with Tiger. So as a pro, he's only been here, what, twice? Um, now he drives it well. He drives it very well. Mm. And the driver is not the most important <clears throat> club in the bag at Augusta. You can still you can still shoot well under par from the rough at Augusta. But I worry about his confidence around the greens. Um, he admits, honestly, that he sucks at chipping which he likely won't do much at Augusta, but like I said, because from the rough you can still get to the green. But his putting stats, they're also relatively mediocre. So I, I think Victor Hovland would be a shock to miss the cut, and it's something that, you know, circumstantially I could see happening. So I'm going to go Gary, Victor Hovland. Can I uh, be that golf hardo for a second? Go for it. I don't want to use the next round term Deadwood, but so rough at Augusta, sir. It is the second cut. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary, just to let you know that you, I mean, you almost know he, he is tied with John Rahm and Justin Thomas as the highest odds. <laughs> so plus 450, four and a half to one. I hope oh, you win. Do that. Be a degenerate. <laughs> It wouldn't be a bad idea to do that. Go ahead and try and take that guy. At four and a half to one, that's good money, and it's worth a little bit of, you know, just as I say, a little sprinkle of money on it. Let's see what happens. And uh, if he doesn't miss it, or if he, he does miss it, you just uh, you multiplied your money times four and a half. If he makes the cut, well, everybody expected him to anyways, right? So it's kind of like a, a emotional hedge for you. So with that said, Let's go back to the top side of the field. Let's, I want to get the top five from each one of you, who you think is going to finish in the top five of this thing. And, of course, let's start with – we'll go around the table with your number five, and then we'll go four, three, two, and, of course, the winner. 
So let's go Cody, Gary, and then David on each one of these. Cody, who you got coming in fifth place? Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley. All right. So as you're doing this, I'm going to be looking at um, top five odds. And then we'll, when we get to the winners, I'll jump over to the winning odds just for those out there that want a little bit of action and to know what these things are worth as we're talking about them. Because I'm sure people, there's a few of us out there, in fact, I know of, that will be looking at their odds as they're listening to this podcast tomorrow morning. And you can still get a few of those odds in if you listen to it early enough. So you said Xander Shoffley? Yes, sir. All right. You can get him at plus 385 to finish in the top five. That's pretty good. So almost four to one. Okay. All right, Gary. I've got Tyrell Hatton in my number five spot. 18th here last year. He's been 21st place or better his last six events. Uh, And he's currently best on tour in strokes gained putting. So maybe a little bit of clutch shows up for Tyrell Hatton this week. All right, Gary, I'm really, really liking these picks, man. Plus 800, eight to one money just to finish in the top five. I'll take a small commission on that if you win. Yeah. <laughs> I will be taking that one, I can promise you. <laughs> David, who you got? Fifth place, Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. Okay, he is plus 345, so almost three and a half to one. I think his worst finish aside from the November Masters here was I think he's been top 20 every year except for that one. So He knows the place. He knows what to do, even if he hadn't been in form this year quite so much. I like it. I like it. Okay. So all of you guys really give us some value there, some guys that we've heard of. I will say the Tyrell Hatton. Somebody I'm not that familiar with, but I like the plus 800, so I'm definitely on board with him. I'm going to pull him for him. He's a very angry little man. <laughs> he has a tendency to get angry, but he might have a reason to be happy this week. Well, yeah, finish his top five, he for sure will. He'll have a reason to make me happy for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so everybody, we went through top five. Let's see who you got at number four. Cody, who you got coming in fourth place? This is my least – well, not my least, because five would be my least. My, uh, I didn't feel very comfortable with this person, but I'm going to go Shane Lowry. Shane Lowry, plus 600. So a six-to-one bet right there just to finish in the top five. I like that because you get a six-to-one. And your thing's going to come at four, so you'd have a little buffer. You'd have somebody in between you and losing that one unit. So I liked it a lot. Gary, who you got coming in for? I've got a guy that's already been mentioned by Cody, uh, Xander Shoffley. He's top three, two of the last three years at the Masters. I mean, just a, a gritty player, uh, an Olympic gold medal winner. Uh, his People stats, forget. Yeah. People forget, yes. Stats a little average this year, but, I mean, he, he knows what it takes at Augusta. So, I mean, he's a guy that's going to be there on Sunday. I like it. Okay, once again, he's, he's plus 385, so almost a 4-1 to to come in fourth place. That's kind of an omen right there, right? That's right. All right. David, who you got coming in fourth? Clay, I'm going to need you to scroll down for this one. I've oh, got, baby. I've got Billy Horschel. For oh, fourth. gosh. No, you don't. Oh, no. David. Uh, man. Oh, miserable. 
I, I'm going to need a little Listen, bit of a the, reasoning for this one, but I'm, I'm definitely happy about this, David. The, I mean, the guy, he's a total thirst bucket, and he always knows where the camera is. He's kind of like J.J. <laughs> Watt. He's always aware that the camera's on him. But, unfortunately, yeah. he's playing well, and I've got to respect that a little bit. He, Cody, if you need a good example, he is American version of Tyrell Hatton. He might blow up. So oh, I know I'm, who Billy Horschel is. I just literally cannot with him. I also just said Cody. I meant Clay. Sorry. Hey, okay. it's, it's fine. It's totally fine. I like it. So right now, you can get Billy Horschel at plus eleven twenty. That's eleven what? to one to finish top five, boys. Top. Clay five. is definitely top one. He might put twelve on that twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I may put a little more on that. On that, I mean, hey, why not, right? <laughs> yeah, why not? You get you a uh, little what um, chicken salad sandwich to, to enjoy while you're watching this thing. Maybe a little bit of brandy on the side or something like that, and see what happens. I mean, eleven to one. Come on, you've got to take that value. Hey, I got a question, David. Yeah. What? What ends first, uh, this podcast or him trying to pee off? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i'm gonna need odds on that wait is he the guy that sits there and like lines up and then backs away and lines up and then backs he away like four times a lot yeah it's so weird he's <clears throat> i've never seen anything like it he's just the strangest person on tour and that's saying a lot when you've got no offense to our boy jordan spaith but spaith is pretty weird <laughs> <laughs> i like it all right so that was y'all's top four Yep. Moving in the top three, guys. This is the top three finishers. If there was a podium, they would make the podium. So, who you got finishing third, Cody? Brooks Kepka. Mm-hmm. 345. So, he once again, just like uh, Jordan Spieth, he is three and a half to one to finish top five. All right. So, uh, Gary. Gary. Lloyd. I- I am going with fellow Gump, Justin Thomas. I'd I'd love to pick him to win, and someday I think he will win. But uh, the question here is, can he be clutch with the putter? Uh, I mean, last four Masters, fourth in strokes gained, ball striking, but 99th in uh, strokes gained putting so far this year. So, that's always been his question mark at Augusta, and uh, at least so far this year, he has not really answered that question. So yeah. I'm going Justin Thomas third. Because, like you say, Gary and David, it's with at Augusta. There's no really place to hit it from. Everything is perfect condition. It's just those greens are can be diabolical at times, and. Usually JT's problem is the driver goes awry and he he can't get it up and down. But uh, for some reason at Augusta, he just, I don't know, he can't seem to get it through his head. And that that's, again, why I'm not picking him either. But I guess you'd figure that out in a second. <laughs> so, um, Gary, right now you can get him at just over 2-1. to one. It's plus 220. He is one of the favorites, of course, to win this thing. So, therefore, the odds aren't that great for the top five. But still 2-1. to one. Two to one on your money there. David, who you got? Speaking of putting, I've got Cam Smith in third. 
Cam Smith, another guy who is at the top. He is plus 280, so right at 3-1 to one here. Okay. Well, you guys, I'm not going to lie to you. I like your value at number four position better than number three, but that's okay. That's okay. We're about to head to the winner right after this round. So, Cody, who you got finishing in second? Just runner-up. Scotty Scheffler. <clears throat> Scotty Scheffler went with another 280, almost 3-1. to one. Gary, he's, who you got finished? He's the second? number one player in the world right now, but right, I, I don't think he has it. I don't think he gets it done. So. Well, he's you know, you never know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see what Scotty can do. At three to one to finish top five, not bad. Yeah, so I, I had Scotty Scheffler right outside my top five, Cody. But uh, <laughs> number two for me, I have a I have a guy that that David just mentioned. I, I've got Cam Smith. Um, he's I mean, he's excellent in approach and around the greens. He just won the players. He needs to drive it well. We, I mean, we talked about the conditions being perfect at Augusta, but um, you still need to drive it well. And uh, so I, I think his confidence is at just an absolute all-time high. He's been there before. He's been close at the Masters. So I really like the Aussie, Cam Smith, in the number two spot. Cameron Smith. I think that's a good pick. I really do. I, I know that. Guy, I remember watching him last year. I think he's he's got a shot. I like that pick. He's the most handsome man on tour. Right. Well, Cam Smith, I got you. So, any ladies out there, there you go. Gary said he's the most handsome man on tour. So, maybe you, be, you know, tune in a little extra here. It's a tight uh, call between him and Harry Higgs. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right, David, who you got finishing runner-up? Uh, I've got somebody that's pretty used to coming in second. That is Louis Oosthuizen. No, you don't. <laughs> he has come in second in the last 157 majors. I can't believe you. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't say Tony Finau for that. But uh, uh, that implies he ma- he makes the cut. Plus, Ooh. here's another value, man, from from my man. Uh, David over there, plus 600, 6 to 1. All right, everybody. So we finished up with 5 through 2. Now it's finally time to release who you got, reveal who you got as the winner of this thing. Cody? Jonathan Rom. Right now, John Rom is the favorite to make this thing. Mentioned earlier that he was one of the tied for the top three on. To miss the cut as far as highest value, um, John Rom is plus eight hundred, so eight to one right now to win this tournament. He is the favorite going in. Gary, who you got? All right, <clears throat> I have Mister Brooks Kepka. And now, are you ready for some stats? So, I'm ready yeah. for it. It is so one Bruce Brooks, <clears throat> not Bruce. Sorry, is <clears throat> finally healthy, fully healthy. He tied Long. for second here in 2019 uh, behind – oh, gosh, who won in 2019? Uh, it was Eldrick. Oh, that's right, Eldrick. So, since 2016, <laughs> Brooks, he's first place in all of the following categories. First in majors <clears throat> in score to par, birdies, rounds in the 60s, scoring average, rounds led or co-led, strokes gained, and wins. Not to mention, 11 top five finishes in the last 21 majors. The dude is just, I mean, he's at another level at the majors. 
He hasn't got his green jacket yet. This is the week. Brooks Kepka wins, and Bryson DeChambeau maybe cries a little bit. My man has come in here with an 18-to-1 favorite. I like it. I like it a lot. David, who you got? Justin Thomas. Let's go! <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> little shout-out to Fluff on that one. Justin Thomas. <laughs> Played there six times. He's made six cuts. He's gotten better each time. You hit your peak at Augusta between your seventh and eighth <coughs> time around. It is his seventh time around. Here Ooh. we go. Nice like little it. number there. That's oh. my fact. Just spoiler alert. I like <laughs> it. So Justin Thomas at 10 to 1. I love the value. All three of those is fine. I mean, even taking John Ron eight to one, that's a lot of you know, eight times your money is pretty hard to pass up. But an eight to one, a ten to one, and an eighteen to one. So, guys, while you got, while y'all were talking about your top five finishers, I noticed a little thing over here on the left side of the page that a lot of people celebrate for the big events, especially the Super Bowl, and that's called props. So, I want to just kind of throw this in there and go over a couple of these, see what your take is on them, and uh, before we jump into drafting our teams. So, the very first one. Will there be a hole-in-one? Yes. Mm. <clears throat> I'm on good no. Cody? I'm a no. All right, so if you take – the no is, of course, the favorite here. It's minus 165, but if you go with David and you think you, there will be one, excuse me, a yes is a minus 165, a no is a plus 120. And the, that backward. The reason that I go with no is like – I mean, so many – I mean, 16 is your best bet, uh, but there's just so much contour on the greens. <laughs> like, usually you see a hole-in-one at any tournament, and it's, you know, hop-hop, runs out for a, maybe a few feet tops and goes in. There's just so much roll on these greens that, that it would require. So, I, I just think the odds suggest that, no, there won't be. I like it. I like it. So, the next one is – Will there be a playoff? No. 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 All right, so y'all are taking the minus 500. No value on that one. I would skip that one altogether for sure. 3-0 and against the no, and we'll be moving on from the playoff. If you did want to go against this podcast episode and take the yes, it's a 3-1, to one, so plus 300. And the last one I'm going to bring up is the margin of victory. Two. How large do you – two for Cody? That's plus 350? Uh, one. One is plus 200? My gosh, I was at first going to co- copy Cody, and then I was going to copy David. Go with a negative number. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> – It's too strong to say something beyond two. I, I'm going to say somebody wins it by one. I'm, I'm going to go with David. Two to one. So just to let you guys know – if there was to be a one-shot lead or win is a two-to-one, two shots is three-and-a-half to one, uh, three shots is five-to-one, wow. and four shots or more is two-fifty or two-and-a-half-to-one. So there you go. You wonder what you could have gotten in 97 when Tiger won by 12. People are asking. <laughs> 
Give me a day, I'll find it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So next up, we went over top five, went over props, we went over sleepers, we went over overrated players. It's time once again for the PBJ boys to take on the Lloyd brothers and a little bit of a fantasy draft. So, anyways, let's do this thing with PBJ and the Lloyd brothers. Cody, I think we let our, our guests go first. That's fine. So the way this works, everybody, if you weren't around for last year's, we're going to pick five players for each team. The winners go off of money made. So it's actually not position. It is how much money was made, and that comes into effect when you have ties and such. So, Lloyd Brothers, I'll let you guys go first. Who you want, David? First um, <laughs> I think we take one of the favorites off the board. Um, I would venture to say let's take JT off the board. I agree. Wow, that hurt, man. But I get it. You picked him to win the thing. Cody, you go first. I will go, Rom. All right. Next up, Lloyd Brothers. Ooh. I, I'm David, I, I'm – Tempted to go one of two guys here, uh, both of which have been, have been mentioned. How do you feel about Xander Shoffley? He's been top 10 quite a bit there. I feel fine about that. He's been top three two of the last three years. Yeah, it seems good. All right. We'll go with X going to give it to you. All right. So, uh, Xander Shoffley. Clay, do you want to pick or do you want? No, no, I want to pick. Okay. Well, let's go with it. I'm going to go with none other than Brooks Kepka. What do you think, Cody? Is that a good one? Uh, I was about to Kepka. Sweet. Brooks Kepka, it is. All right. Gary, how do you feel about taking somebody who has <clears throat> not been mentioned once tonight? Oh, wow. I got a feeling that has he ever fallen down some steps? He has fallen down some steps. Allegedly. I thought that might be who you were going to go with. All right, we're taking Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson, and it was the steps that kept him out of the out of the Masters, right? Oh, yep. definitely, it was the steps. Definitely steps. <laughs> All right, Cody, who you got, man? Scotty Scheffler. Scotty. All right. All right, Wood Brothers. David, do I? How do you? How do you feel about the Aussie that I've mentioned? Do it, Cam Smith. All right, Cam Smith. Okay, you, got, uh, you pick. <clears throat> All right, I'm gonna take this one, and then you're gonna definitely get the last one. So, okay. let's see here. You know, I, how do you how do you feel about Colin? How do you feel about more Colin? How have we not mentioned Colin at all? That's crazy because he's. Probably Such a, a likable guy. He's plus he's like a top three iron player in the game right now. So yeah. So what do you uh, think? Like, what do you? Go ahead. I like it. All right, call him more Kawa. That's where we're gonna go with number fourth pick for the PB and J. I literally just had that highlighted for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Uh, I, I at least feel good about my pick then. <laughs> Uh, Gary, how do you feel about the uh, oldest-looking 24-year-old on the planet? He's already been taken. Has he? 
Cody took him third with their pick. Oh, I hadn't been writing these down. <laughs> I'm right. You want me to read them off for you? Because this is our last pick. You want me to read off who we got? I've I've got one other guy in mind here. Um, he's just inconsistent, but I know I mentioned him earlier. How do you feel about Golden Child? I feel like out of ten total picks at the Masters, he probably has to be one. All right, we'll take Jordan Spieth. Jordan. All right. Jordan Spice. <laughs> Cody, who are we going with on our last pick, bro? Okay. Oh, this is so difficult. Okay. Fuzzy Zeller. Yes. Fred Couples. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going to go Tiger freaking Woods. No, you didn't. I did. Tiger Woods. All right. We won. <laughs> Hey, but they got the winner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got the winner. I just picked the winner, Tim. <laughs> Who, John Rom? <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So the teams, just to recap, the Lloyd brothers have got JT, the guy Xander Shoffley, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, and Jordan Spice. <laughs> <laughs> PB&J has got John Rom, Brooks Kepka, Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa, and Tiger Woods. How did none of us pick Rory McIlroy? Because, uh, because of what uh, David said earlier. Freak me yeah. out. Hey, hey, I will not accept Rory slander on the no, PBJ But he's got a lot of perspective to pay attention to. Now, now, I'll throw one stat real quick because, you know, I'm obviously apparently stat guy here. So, since 2015 in, in the majors, Rory – in the first round of majors since 2015 is 34 over par. Right. Now, mm. rounds two through four, he's 60 under par. There are only two guys on tour that are better than that in rounds two through four, and they're Jordan Spieth and Brooks Kepka, who have won seven majors in that span. Wow. So if Rory has a good day tomorrow, look out. Yeah, most of that 34 over was from the first hole of the 2019 British Open. Yep. <laughs> At his hometown. You know, I, I'm kind of appreciative of Rory because, Cody, I don't know if you remember or not, but last year Rory not making the cut helped us a lot. It really did. We're not here to talk about the past, guys. We're not <laughs> – <we're not, laughs> this is not a Barner podcast. <laughs> we are not part of the family. <laughs> all right so today in our uh, group chat i actually asked you guys to bring an interesting fact i said this could be anything this could be of course masters related or it could be just anything that stood out to you so i wanted you guys to look for that and i just want to see what you got so you guys go let's do cody gary and david just like we did our, our top five picks cody what you got okay so i've got uh two really quick masters facts there have only been – David and Gary might know this. There have only been six golfers win the Masters with a birdie on 18 on the, or on the 72nd hole. Uh, I thought that was crazy. I figured that would be a lot more. Uh, and then the last one, the first Masters <clears throat> winner won $1,500. Uh, the wow. winner today will win $1.98 per sauces. Inflation. 
Yeah. Uh, so on that first fight, Cody, do you think that's because by the time they get there, obviously if you're, you know, if you're tied with somebody, there's potential for a playoff or whatnot, then there may, may be a little more stress. But if you're – or maybe go for it if you've got that mentality. But if you're leading by, say, a shot or two shots, do you think it's just absolutely just playing it so conservatively? Uh, uh, 18 is – That's a hard hole to burn. One of the hardest holes that – Gotcha. It's probably – I don't know, maybe the hardest finishing hole in the four. I would say just that that tight tee shot that you have. Yeah, it's and, definitely the hardest driving hole. Yeah. I mean, uphill, slightly to the right. I mean, that that's – the green is – crazy, too. Yeah, the green's almost double-layered, like I – mean, or double-tiered. That That is an incredibly hard hole to birdie. But I just thought it was crazy. I, I would have thought, like, maybe – Fifteen or so, but six yeah. I thought over, over time is a pretty low number. That might not that be a crazy. Number. There we are. No, that six is that that d- does seem crazy when you consider how long the Masters has been played for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. This is the eighty-six one, by the way. If uh, people forget that, so so in eighty-six years we went from fifteen hundred dollars to one point nine million. Yeah, that's nice. Five, five right. America, baby. <laughs> Gary, what you got, man? So, we know the Masters, I mean, you get a green jacket, there's green, I mean, the obviously grass is green, it's an incredibly green place. Money's the green. Theme, the theme is green, right? But, you know, I've got to go on brand, and I've got to go with food as my interesting Masters fact. Now, the sandwiches, mostly, but they're all covered in a green plastic, and you'd think, well... That makes sense. It's the Masters. It's green. But it's not really just because of the green theme. You know the Masters is so pristine. You see it on TV. It's perfect. Uh, But what I read is that the reason for those sandwiches, those egg salad sandwiches, those chicken sandwiches being covered in that green plastic is that if any of that trash is dropped on the grounds, you can't see it on TV. Oh, so wow. blend in. You would never know it was actually there. Amazing. I love the Masters. It's so freaking perfect. Now, who do you think actually thought of that? <laughs> who do you think? Was it a greenskeeper or was it one of the top, you know, guys that's like, hey, I don't want anything to stick out. I mean, I, things like that is always interesting to me because it's who was the first person to think of, I don't want this to be shown. I, you know, let's let's change a wrapper on a, sam- on a $2 sandwich. <laughs> You know, all right. Know. So, David, finish it up with your fact, man. What you got? And I had mentioned mine earlier, just about how you don't hit your peak around <laughs> Augusta until you've played the tournament about seven or eight times. Just shows how much experience it takes to actually learn all the contours of the greens and just all of the little nuance that kind of gets flattened out on TV. So I thought that was interesting that not a lot of people come in their first time and kind of burn it down on their first few go-arounds. Okay. And it uh, Clay, if I can, I want to add one thing that hasn't been mentioned that I mentioned in a group chat earlier. This speaks to your value. And we've mentioned these two names tonight, but uh, another interesting specifically golfer-related stat is that 
the average official uh, world golf ranking of the Masters winner is 15.77. Wow. And the two guys, the guy that's ranked 15th in the world right now is Abraham Answer that Clay <laughs> – that Cody, I'm sorry, mentioned earlier. I didn't even, I didn't even realize that when you said. I, I swear on my life, I didn't. And the number sixteen player is Tyrell Hatton, who I mentioned in my top five. So there's some more value for you. I love it. I love it uh, so much. And uh, value is what we're going with. Anytime you get an event like golf or racing or something like that, you Almost everybody's a long shot, right? John Rahm's the favorite, and they're plus 800. But you look for that value of guys that can really – kind of like a lottery ticket, right? You, know, you don't want to always take the favorites, like a horse race. You can come in here and take the favorite. That's fine, whatever. The value plays are the ones you want to look for. That's the most fun, and it's the most payoff in the end. I like it. <clears throat> so, guys, I appreciate you getting those facts together. But to end the show, as always, we're going to do a little rapid fire. And as always, Cody, when we do this, we always let the guests go first, and then you're you're last. So let's alternate between you, uh, Gary, and David, and then Cody will, will back clean up every time. But here's the very first one, and it's got to do with the Masters. And I think we've actually mentioned this before, but if you guys say the answer, I believe you're going to, it's still interesting to me, and maybe somebody didn't hear it the last time. And that is, what day is the best day to watch the Masters if you were able to go in person and got through the drawing and was assigned? What day is the best day? Monday. In person? In person. Saturday. Hmm. Cody? I was going to say Saturday as well. So, all right, so – you mentioned you mentioned Monday, David. Yep. What is Monday? Is it just a practice round? Practice round day. See, I've always, rounds. I've always heard Wednesday is the best day because of that. The practice round and you can you know, you can go and actually they'll talk to you. They're not, you know, focused as much as far as competition. So it's a little more relaxed. You don't have to worry about people throwing you out just for sneezing or something. <laughs> uh you can enjoy yourself a little more than the actual competition days. But Saturday for you guys, for Cody and Gary, so why is that? I think for me it's, I mean, so the place is so big. I mean, any golf course is, and when you think about the number of people there, it's going to be hard to get around. Uh, you know, on Sunday, I want to be sitting on my couch so that I can see every big shot possible. If I'm there on Sunday, I'm going to be camped out somewhere probably in Amen Corner on it or on 18. Right. Uh, Saturday, I don't know, maybe guys are firing at pins a little more. You know, it's moving day. Uh, I can just jump all over the course and just see whoever I see wherever I go. Uh, so that's why I'd go Saturday. That's that's the exact reason why I would never – I mean, I would say I would never go on Sunday. If that's the day I got, well, I'm going on Sunday. But if I'd had my druthers, Saturday would be the perfect day to me because you could see some like really intense golf, but you see all that action up until Sunday. And like I went on a Sunday to the the tour championship last year and I found myself just like camping out at a par five just to see like a lot of eagle opportunities or, you know, birdie opportunities. Uh, so it, I learned that Sundays are cool because you get to see the winner. But but also 
on Sundays you kind of want to follow the leaders. So on Saturday you can you can camp out at any number of holes or follow one group for thirty minutes and then jump to the next. But on Sunday you kind of want to follow Cantlay or whatever. So I, I definitely agree with Gary. Okay, makes sense. You know, maybe Sunday is more um, for not only the players but also the fans a little more stressful. You know, getting your spot and staying there. So it's a little more uh, stress involved than on Saturday where you can appreciate the competition and see a little more of the course that Sunday before the thing. So I get it. I like those answers. So next up, baseball season does start tomorrow. We hadn't mentioned it. I mentioned at the start of – maybe I mentioned at the start of the podcast we weren't going to talk about it, but I wanted to throw it in rapid fire on it. And it goes back to exactly what Co- or Gary brought up with the food, right? We always got to talk about food. That's our – we're all guys. We're all doing our thing, and, and food's a big part of it. So what is the best baseball stadium food you have ever had? Hmm. I would go just some sort of loaded nachos, probably. Yeah. I like that. I haven't had this, but in Seattle, they have crickets. I'm not doing chocolate-covered crickets. It's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) It's not happening. Apparently, they sell out every game. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That's gross. (laughs) (laughs) I like a, a... Just a really good hot dog. So I'm kind of boring. I mean, no, that's a hot dog. It's tradition. Tradition. Right? Yeah. Uh, I know I saw in, I, um, I believe it's the Rangers Stadium. They've got the foot long sandwich. It's not just a foot long hot dog, but it's like loaded down with, you know, nacho cheese and different is, deli meats and things. It looks great. Is this the one that had like, I saw one recently and it has like Fruit Loops on it. Yes. There's a lot of things on there that you wouldn't expect, but why not? You've already spent 70 bucks to go set up in the nose, boys. Go, go enjoy yourself, right? I'll tell you what, if they put a Costco food court in a baseball stadium, I would never leave. It's, it's right across the road. It's, it's the Falcon Stadium. The pizza at Costco. Got a Chick-fil-A and everything. Yeah. So the pizza at Costco's got you, Cody? Yep. The pizza is delicious. And uh, I know that not the pizza, but the uh, the hot dogs at Costco actually got a, a executive fired one time. Uh, he brought up during a board meeting, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago, actually, maybe maybe the start of the pandemic. They brought up raising the price from $1.50 to just to $1.75, and the CEO of Costco fired him on the spot. What? Uh, they make they lose money on their hot dogs. Uh, it's a fact. They actually lose money on that price. But and and what you you don't just think about the food. You got to you know price in the storage of it and also the people you know the overhead of folks cooking it and serving it whatever. So they actually lose a few cents on each one. Well, the amount that I buy, they're making it back. <laughs> but the argument is is if you can get them in the store you can sell other things to them. That's why they keep them so cheap. So he fired him on the spot. He was not happy with that idea of just going up a quarter. Well, interesting fact there. But, all right, so the last one I've got, a show that we all listen to is uh, locally here for the guys that are out in Utah that are friends with me that are listening to this. We have a show here called The Next Round. You can actually pick it up. It's great sports. But they do a really cool challenge every year with the bracket. 
And the loser has to go do something. This year, it's, it's kind of follow the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And that brought up a question. What is the worst road trip or flight that you've ever been on? Oh, wow. <clears throat> I think that I think my, I mean, mine's going to be kind of boring, but the worst flight, we were on a return flight from New York City and hit some turbulence. And I'm already like, I don't know. I, I'm already a little queasy when I get on a on an airplane. Right. And uh, hitting that turbulence was just just the absolute worst. So, uh, at least in a car, I can stop, and if if I don't feel good or whatever it is, I can stop and get out. On that flight, I mean, you're just in it. There's no stopping it, and you've got to push through it. And it was just just awful. I like it. I mean, my that's exactly where my story was going to be. It was. In Houston, I had a, I was coming in to land and uh, hit turbulence, you know, going, it's always rough when you hit that 10,000 foot mark when you're going through the, the ceiling. And uh, this particular day, it was real stormy and they went ahead and decided that we were going to make it. You could watch the lightning and everything on both sides and I can just say I got sick. So it was just, it physically made me sick. Not the actual, you know, not yep. like car sick, but just the fact that I thought I was going to die. clay i I think i think mine clay you remember that return flight we had from rhode island back to birmingham i do that was remember (laughs) where they were scraping ice off the runways i do (laughs) i do if you remember uh, that was my very first time of ever being on a plane was that trip and uh before we left birmingham we knew it was gonna be a snowstorm but i was still pumped i was ready to go and uh you're right we were when we were finally almost home we got you know, flights were delayed leaving. We were snowed in a hotel for three days. We uh, had a blast doing it, by the way. It was a lot of fun. But uh, we get almost home, and there's a storm system going through, and we're heading right into it. Man, I, I thought we were going to come and glued in that plane. It yeah. was something. Not have a lot of confidence in uh, <laughs> taking off from there. <laughs> Cody? Mine was... My father-in-law lives in Dallas, and it, it's always a hard thing to figure out what time we need to leave. Uh, so this time we decided to leave at like 5.30 after work. So we worked the whole day, and then we just decided to go. And we had a rental van because there was like eight of us. And we timed it so poorly that we arrived in Dallas at rush hour traffic. Mm. And, sir, Mm. let me tell you, there are so many underground tunnels in Dallas. And we, like, our GPS, this is the first time we ever went, our GPS just went black because we went under a tunnel. There was no way to get signal. And then, like, I just come out of the tunnel. Now, I'm literally almost asleep and I'm in rush hour traffic in Dallas. Uh, there's three babies on board and like, I mean, we're just, I'm just panicked. And all of a sudden, like I just come out of the tunnel and it's like seven lanes of bumper to bumper traffic. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> you, have to, <laughs> you have to get over so fast. Like there's one part uh, just to get to the, to the edge. The we have to get over like four lanes, kind of like on 280, you know. Uh, where you, if you're on the right, you have to get up over to the left, like <laughs> just immediately. Good luck. 
So like there was like four times that I had to do that. That was just the the worst moment of driving that I've ever had. And I was like 27, 28, so it wasn't fun. Well, you know, um, the crazy stat, you know, I'm not going to say accurate numbers, but uh, the area of Texas, these the big cities in, in Texas are almost the same as what we have in the entire state of Alabama. For instance, that particular area that you're talking about, Cody, the Dallas-Fort Worth, so both Dallas and Fort Worth, Arlington, all that added together. Currently, for the 2020 census, is seven and a half million people. The entire state of Alabama, nine point two. Roll Tide. <laughs> so a lot of folks in a small area, and then you take in San Antonio, Austin, Houston, all those cities, all three plus million people in each one of them. It just it's mind blowing to me how many people are just in those cities compared to our entire state. So it's pretty cool there. Well, guys, is there anything else you'd like to bring up before we close this out? I'm going to throw out just really quick one more master stat that might help you guys in your pick of Brooks Kepka in our bet. Uh, I've mentioned all the things he's done well in the majors the last five, six years. Uh, his cumulative score to par in majors since 2016 is 92 under par. Wow. The next closest is Dustin Johnson at 28 under par. Wow. Not even close. Not, Not even close. Kind of close. That'll make up for uh, your Tiger Woods missing the cut. Uh, you're, uh, <laughs> that's not funny at all. <laughs> I Where, but, regret that because that's going to make us lose. But you know what? <laughs> I don't care. I'm just glad to see the, the big cat out there prowling again. That's right. Guys, it's going to be a lot of fun. I appreciate you jumping on here again. This is the third annual you know, Masters pod that we've done. I don't know if y'all can believe that. I couldn't believe it when I got back thinking about it. Of course, that was helped by the November very first one we did. And um, it's just a lot of fun. Of course, we'll do it again next year. I appreciate everybody joining in and taking your time to talk about a little bit of golf. And with that said, Cody hit them. We don't mess with horses. Thank you.